Down, 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 down. All aboard, anchor fans and daily double participants. It's Jake Manson along with Tommy Beckley. And I'm your captain of this ship. And Tommy is the shotgun rider. The skipper in charge. And you are kind of like the pitching coach, I'd say. Okay, cool. Yeah, really put me in the backseat on that one. <laughs> I, would say, I, I would say I'm assistant to the skipper. Oh, that, sound, that really rolls right off the, to- right off the tongue. Yeah. All right, we're going to head right into the fan favorite, picks to click. Tommy, you pick Jake Arrieta for your pitcher, and you pick J.D. Martinez. Jake Arrieta outperformed Chris Paddock, my pick. With seven innings pitched and one earned run, go ahead and tell everybody what you're going to say about that, Tommy. Yep, yep. Just wanted to let everyone know, uh, if you want to go back to the tapes, that uh, I predicted exactly seven innings, one earned run. So you're welcome on that one. Um, So, uh, listen, we're just here to make you some money. So (laughs) going forward, that's what we're here for. But yeah, I wanted to make a quick note here that we did make a comment that Basically, it swings one way or the other, and in typical fashion, we split on our last picks to click. So it does happen here and there, but look for a little bit more uh, pendulum switching back and forth in this picks to click. The road to the Blazing Challenge is still high and mighty. We've got a long road ahead of us, but it's going to be a fun one, and I'm, I'm ready for the wild ride. <sighs> so... You picked Jake Arrieta. I picked um, Chris Paddock. Jake Arrieta won. You got point there. But Cody Bellinger beat out your pick, J.D. Martinez. So right now you're leading the way seven to five. It's going to be a long season. But boy, am I excited to make a little run of my own. And it's going to start right now with, um, I guess, tomorrow Sunday's picks to click. Uh, I'm picking Corey Kluber of the Indians. And... For as my pitcher, and then as my hitter, Paul DeYoung as the for, from the Car- the Cardinals shortstop. Okay, um, before I go into my picks, for any of you who took the over on Manson's bet that I would have six and a half, the line set at six and a half total wins for the season, uh, <laughs> eclipsed it on this last one. So uh, go cash in your bets. It's probably not worth very much because the odds of it happening were very high, but. Interesting one to go with for my hitting pick to click. I'm going to go with Aaron judge where they're playing in Yankee stadium. Obviously a lot of bats kind of out of the lineup for the Yankees, but I like them against a a white Sox teams. That's not very strong. Rodon, a lefty against them tomorrow in the wiffle ball field that they call Yankee stadium. So excited to, I'm going to see about at least, I'm going to go with the Cody Bellinger. He's going to hit two home runs prediction. And you almost got it last night, but uh, going to go give me, give me two home runs from Aaron judge and about three or four RBIs uh, to take home the batting title in the same game. Give me Masahiro Tanaka. I think that he's going to come out strong against that white Sox lineup. And uh, we're going to have just a dominating performance from the Yankees. So give me Aaron Judge and Masahiro Tanaka tomorrow. Okay, and I'm taking Kluber and Paul DeYoung. Um, that's going to be uh, an exciting one to watch for tomorrow. I'm going to be really rooting against Aaron Judge and Tanaka. So 
that will bring us right in to our lock of the day. I'll get us started. I'm taking the Rockets hosting Houston. The Rockets are favored by six points. Um, and they're going to win by 12. So t- take the spread on that one for the Rockets. Okay. No, I like that one. Rockets at, Rockets at home. Give me – so I'm going to give you a little bit of a bonus one. So for your bonus pick, obviously with me taking my picks to click on the Yankees side, give me the Yankees to cover one and a half runs tomorrow against the White Sox. Probably get plus odds for that. So take your girl, your fiancé, your wife out to dinner. You know the rules for this. <laughs> get, get yourself a free meal this way. But the the lock of the day I'm going to go with is give me the Pistons plus 13 versus the Bucks tomorrow. I know that the Bucks are the number one overall seed. They're obviously the number one seed in the East, looking like a pretty formidable team. But the Bucks, I know this is a different team, but the Bucks have not been a great postseason team. Much like the Raptors really performed during the regular season, but there are good teams in the regular season. And then the postseason is a different animal. So there's a little bit difference there. I think that the Pistons team is sneaky good despite a 500 record in the regular season. Give me the, the Pistons not to win. They're going to lose, but it's going to be single digits. So I really like Pistons plus 13 tomorrow. Okay. And those are the picks to click. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Those are the lo- That's the lock of the day. All that's right. right. <laughs> so in other news, Irvin Santana, pitcher for the Twins, former pitcher, kind of a standout pitcher, wouldn't you say, for the Royals. Um, he followed me on Twitter yesterday, and I, I didn't even follow him. So, guys, I'm a pretty big deal. But that's g- going to be all. I just wanted to share that. Wait, so, so correct me if I'm wrong. He did or did not do the thing where you followed him, and then he followed you back, and then you just unfollowed him? No. I really don't have much interest in Irvin Santana's life. Um, and I'm pretty sure most of his tweets are in Spanish. So, I mean, I don't know why he followed me. He must think I'm interesting or whatnot. I don't even tweet hardly ever. <laughs> okay. Uh, for, so, thank you, Irvin for, Santana, if you're listening. You're, I, our, you're a pretty good pitcher, but I'm not too interested in what you're doing off the field. Our listeners, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with that answer. I'm going to get to the bottom of this one and, and get back to you on what I find out because I don't think he just randomly stumbled upon Manson, Money Manson 10 <laughs> on Twitter. So, um, especially if he doesn't even speak that much English, how would he even know what that means? So, listen, there's – this is a little bit fishy. I would say Pike's place fishy <laughs> and, uh, and full integrity podcast. We, we ha- we're going to get down to the bottom of this and follow the Twitter account for live updates on, on our findings. And now a quick word from Tommy from our sponsor, Rosetta stone. Hey there listeners trying to learn a new language. There's no point in knowing the words if no one can understand what you're saying, which is why we're so focused on speaking. That's why Rosetta Stone has their state-of-the-art language learning program. True Accent Speech Engine will help you fine-tune your pronunciation and accent. That way, you'll be confident and you know what to say and how to say it. And who knows, you might just get mistaken for a local. Who knows, it could even help Irvin Santana learn fluent English. Whether you're looking to travel or study abroad, or you're just looking to have just a cool party trick and impress some friends and maybe a girl around the corner, 
Rosetta Stone will help you impress the chicas, fia, mitin, habla con un loco y compra hoy Rosetta Stone. Yep. Um, and I, there's really not much to find. I, I have no, maybe I was following the twins and he decided to follow who the twins are following, but that's about all I can think of. But with that, we're just going to move on to um, kind of an interesting topic. So we have, we, the other day we talked about how um, the Mariners are going on this home run streak and how D Gordon hit a home run in the same game that Daniel Vogelbach hit a home run. Now, if you watch Mariner baseball or you just watch um, what this this late, the latest streak the Mariners have been on, um, it was really interesting. So D Gordon is listed at, 5'10", 163 pounds, while Daniel Vogelbach is listed at 6 foot, 250 pounds. Now, pretty big difference. And I made a um, prediction, but not doing any research, that Daniel Vogelbach was the heaviest in the league and D. Gordon was the lightest. D. Gordon is right, right there with the lightest, um, I mean, at least everyday player in the big leagues and Daniel Vogelbach is actually um, a good 20 pounds lighter than, or no 30 pounds lighter than the heaviest person. And wouldn't you guess it? The heaviest person in the major leagues is Aaron judge listed at six, seven, 282 pounds. So that got me thinking who else is six, seven, 282 pounds. Well, turn your head over to college basketball and the ACC Duke's Zion Williamson. He's not going to be playing for Duke any longer. He's going to be a, uh, the number one overall draft pick, but he's listed at six seven two eighty five. Now those are really similar body types, wouldn't you say, Tommy? Almost like three pounds away, three pounds off, and the same height. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. You and I spoke about it off air, but to me, Aaron Judge, I would have guessed, was taller than Zion. He Zion doesn't look like he's six eight on the court, but. Aaron Judge looks like he's about seven four at the plate, especially. <laughs> or there, you've seen that. There's a pretty popular picture of him standing at second base next to next to Jose Altuve, and he and it looks like Godzilla and those little planes that are flying around Godzilla. So, <laughs> yeah. Altuve is one of the planes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's a little plane with some firepower. I'll tell you that oh, much. Yeah. He just saw his fifth home run in six games. Uh, God, it, you know, if you're building the perfect MLB baseball player, give me that guy's heart. I love him. Yeah. And speaking of on fire, right? Uh, Chris Davis homered again yesterday. That's five home runs in three games compared to Altuve's, what, what was it, five and four? Five and six. Five and six games. So, I mean, Chris Davis is another type of hot. We're going to do another Chris and Chris update. So, Chris Davis homered again yesterday. He had the day off today. If they didn't have the day off, I'm sure he would have hit one or two homers. Um, yesterday, it was funny, too. He was one for four, two strikeouts, a home run. <laughs> so, it's like just a, an average night for your Chris Davis of the Oakland Athletics. But let's go over to the Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles. And it was an extremely happy day for him. And why was that, Tommy? Oh, our hearts will live on. Easy <laughs> sleeping for us tonight because Chris Davis picked up his first hit in 210 days. And for any of you that haven't seen it already, go to our Twitter account. We posted about 
first Chris Davis first hit in 210 days with the Titanic music playing. Thanks to Manson for that find. That's that song makes every sports moment better, but nothing like a meaningless game between the Orioles and Red Sox in April with Chris Davis picking up his first hit in basically two thirds of a year and first hit of the season. We're finally on the board. I'm really happy for him. He actually had a heck of a day. He, he went three for five with four RBIs and I believe two doubles as well. So, I mean, you had to, you had to know that when he finally broke out of it, it's the same way with, if you, if you are, have a hit streak, uh, and you finally go a day without picking up a hit. Usually you go in at least a little small slump, or if you have a no hitter going and, and it, you finally give up a hit, like usually the floodgates start to open pretty quickly there. You knew the floodgates were opening for Chris, and we couldn't be happier for him, but the jury is still out if it was actually him. So if anyone <laughs> knows, I, I know from our last podcast, we did have our theories out. We had the idea on both Chris Davis's to do a Jersey swap next time. That was going to be in the middle of June. So he got a little bit on the ball early on that, but wanted, wanted to just check out and see if anyone saw, if anyone has some film in, in maybe the hallways between the locker rooms or something. <laughs> and I don't know who knows who it could have been. If you know any big lefties, um, maybe a Cody Bellinger, I could see that easily have happened. Um, so we'll see. But um, for now, I'll give it to you. Congrats, Chris Davis. Job well done. Yeah, Chris Davis, I can only imagine what was going through your mind this afternoon. And it, I, I came up with a perfect metaphor. So today, Tommy, I'm sitting in, in the Winco line doing my grocery shopping. And it's a long line, kind of a slow day. And there's this line next to me over in the next aisle that was checking out. And there was a, a young kid, probably about two, three years old. And he was sitting in the cart and just screaming in agony. Like it sounded just like he was screaming for his life. And it was so loud and piercing, right? And nobody even was phased at all right except me it felt like so i started laughing to myself but and i was like is nobody just gonna like put a hand over this like just anything this kid was just screaming at the top of his lungs and he was old enough to where it actually had a, it was a reverberating sound just no he, he wasn't able to feel the room and just know that like that had to have been going through everybody's mind so and then the, finally, the, the mother of the child gave him the candy that he had been screaming in agony for, for about anywhere from 45 to a minute, right? And this kid just immediately goes from tears just dripping out of his eyes and screaming in agony to a complete stone happy. Like, it was the biggest roller coaster ride I've seen in my life, just from low to high. And it made, I was so happy because he got quiet. That reminds me of what must have been going through Chris Davis's head. So he had been just, hadn't been able to get hit for so long. This kid hadn't been able to have his candy that he wanted just so bad. And he was screaming to himself, why can't I get a hit? Why, why, why? And finally he gets the hit and 
everything is just made and he's happy finally. So that's you know what? Yes, Chris Davis is was the giant screaming baby in this. And you know what? (laughs) He he may have handled it with some more class than that kid did, but oh my goodness. And the other good comparison, bringing it reeling it back into the Titanic, that hit streak was holding on to Chris Davis like Leonardo DiCaprio was holding on to that plank in the, in the freezing cold water. And you know what? Finally today he let go, but hats off. It was a long wild ride for, for that hitless streak. So we'll just say one last congratulations for Chris Davis, Baltimore Orioles. And by the way, he's batting 600 in his last five at bats. So that's, that's right. That's a good stat you, for him to look at. Quick question. Do you think when he got back to the dugout, like you saw his the way his teammates reacted with it, obviously they're happy for him. Tell me, you can't tell me there wasn't one person that was like, good job, champ, like said something really condescending to him. Like, <laughs> good job, good job, chief. Way to go, sports. <laughs> Did you see yeah. when he uh, he got to first? And he's yeah, like, can you grab the ball for me? Like he's gonna have it saved. Like, <laughs> I mean, if that thing doesn't go to Cooperstown, it's going in his in a framed case for yeah. him. That's for or sure. Or he's gonna like burn it or something. Like that's not in like a memory anymore. Maybe but, that's one. You know that like people try and shoot things into outer space. Maybe that's what he's gonna try and do to, with it. Oh man, anything to forget about that streak for David. That's but with right. With that streak, Tommy. Or do you have something to add on that? No, I I I was gonna I was gonna transition to the next segment, but I got a little bit ahead of myself, so go for it. Yep, Tommy, we're gonna go into your probably your favorite favorite segment segment of today, the Masters updates, day three. Yes, it is. Otherwise known as Moving Day at Augusta National. Wow, what a day! We had a lot of people, high names on the leaderboard to start. Tiger in full Tiger form in the hunt. He goes from six under to 11 under really great day for him. Crazy day on the course. Uh, Really the course was really open for, for low scoring. And the best example of that is we had three people shoot 64s today. The course record for a single 18 hole round is a 64. So Three people tied the course record just today. A lot of low scores. I'm really excited to see how it goes tomorrow. We have Tony Finau tied with Tiger Woods, who are at 11 under, two strokes back of Francesco Molinari at minus 13. So it's one of those things you see guys like Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Ian Poulter, Matt Kuchar, all trailing. And then there, we've got some ones closely hanging behind a Dustin Johnson, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler. There are a lot of major winners and a lot of people that have good experience being on tour here. Look for, I, I hope that this isn't just wishful thinking. Look for Francesco Molinari and Tony Finau to have just average or below average days tomorrow because they both shot really low today. That last night of sleep before before Sunday at the Masters, there's a lot of jitters. The one other important thing to note is due to weather conditions, we're going to have a pretty unique setup to, for day four, Sunday at the Masters. Instead of the normal lineup with groups of two, 
teeing off until the end where it's in reverse order of how you're standing in the tournament. We are going to have tee-offs at holes one and ten, groups of three. So that means that if you're if you're high on the leaderboard, you're teeing off pretty early tomorrow. Could be teeing off at ten. It remains to be seen exactly what the schedule is going to be like. But that should add a little wrinkle in how everything gets played because normally the leader going into day four has the benefit of being last going out and they're kind of in control of how things go as they see the leaderboard whenever they pass by it. Wow. Can't wait. Sunday at the Masters, one of my favorite forward phrases in all of life, not just sports, cannot wait. Oh, man, gives me goosebumps. Now, let's go back to Paul Blart running into Tiger Woods and what looked like um, a nasty little ankle sprain, but it looks like Tiger was able to limp that one off, and he's back on the prowl. Do you think that guy still has a job? Um, I'm surprised he still has a life. That was a tough one, and you know what? He has got to be crossing his fingers, saying the best prayers he knows, the second that Tiger starts hobbling off because if he rolls Tiger's ankle and Tiger has to withdraw from the tournament, oh my gosh, people are going to be asking for that guy's name to be released into public immediately. Yeah, you see, I am (laughs) – that was just so bad. And I thought he was actually not going to be able to golf anymore. But I know Tiger needs to push through at least. Yeah, yeah. And and people forget it's been over a decade, but the last major that Tiger won at Torrey Pines in San Diego, 2008 U.S. Open, he was basically playing on one knee. I forget exactly all the injuries that he had, but it was something along the line of um, partial tears in his ACL, MCL. There was like a small shatter in his kneecap. It was basically like every single ligament muscle and bone in your knee was damaged somehow. And he goes out there, hits a, hits a putt to send it to, to a fifth day at the masters plays 18 more holes on, on Monday on a playoff and wins the, and wins the U S open there on one knee. So I, I, I would have expected Listen, he, his ankle could have broken, and I would have expected him to finish out the rest of the Masters. Wow. I was trying to think of a comparison to how um, Tiger is just waiting to pounce, and I kind of came up with a pretty good metaphor. So today, as I was talking about earlier, I went to Winco had a, um, for grocery shopping and went, was there for a while. Um, had a pretty full cart, actually. A lot more full than I'm used to having. And I'm exiting Winco with my cart, just kind of strolling along, nice day. Um, And I'm heading to my car, and there's a car that sees me heading to my car, right? And he's, like, just prowling on this parking space. Now, it's going to take me – it was a pretty good parking space at that. But it's going to take me, like, another 10 seconds to walk over there, and then I'm going to have to empty everything into my car and get it – go and like um get it kind of set up and then finally i'm gonna get in and leave uh, winco but i i'm just very surprised at how early he was just re- he just stopped and like it was a pretty busy day and he just was stopped lurking 
at my <laughs> parking space and it was probably five minutes he was just waiting right behind me and that just it made me think of tiger just waiting to make his pounce and waiting for that opportunity the patience he has so tiger go and get him tomorrow cannot wait absolutely now um our next segment is going to be the injured reserve update for the mlb um, a couple of big names um, have been on, have gone to the IR recently. Um, one, Trout. Trout is expected to miss another five to seven days um, with that groin injury he suffered earlier in the week. Um, Otani is taking his first dry swings um, since having the Tommy John surgery. Um, that'll be a really interesting addition to the Angels lineup. Um, Lindor is running the bases, so we'll be able to see him um, home next week in Seattle, um, or not see him home, see him in Seattle. Um, Billy Hamilton sprained um, his MCL, but it wasn't as bad as it looked to be. Um, they're putting a 10-day timetable for his return over there in Kansas City. Um, he, I'm sure, is a big part of a lot of fantasy teams who are looking for those stolen bases, so it's a good sign that Billy Hamilton is not um, – out for as long as it looked like he was going to be. And then the Yankees are going through a really rough patch with injuries. They have Stanton, who is expected back later on um, in the month. But then you have uh, Andujar, and you have Hicks, and you have Sanchez and Betances on the injured reserves. And that's a good portion of the Yankees team, wouldn't you say, Tommy? No, this is – they've really gotten the injury bug pretty early on. But you have to say, like, you know, none of them all major injuries. Uh, So, for them, I I think the silver lining on it is it's happening early in the season. Give them a chance to to get back to health. It's going to put them in a little bit of a hole, but the good news is – Boston has been struggling and, and really Houston hasn't played that well out of the gates. Obviously you have a team like Tampa at the top of the division, but I think what we talked about at the beginning of the year is the three teams that are going to be, that we're expecting to be at the top of the American league at the end of the year are the Red Sox, the Yankees and the Astros again. And those other two teams haven't gone off to hot starts. So you're not trailing too much get your guys get get back to health and kind of move forward from there. I expect this to not hurt them too much. And especially once they get DD back, I think that it's going to be a good run for them. Yeah. I, the Yankees just have far too good of a lineup to go away. Um, but it, they need to get those guys healthy to kind of have your everyday guys in there. Um, but that's going to transition us right into story time with Manny. And Tommy doesn't have his trifecta today, so I'm going to kind of urge my way in there with a couple different stories. This story has to do with the injured reserve list. So for the MLB, I always have wondered, like, how injured are they? Are, how, are, and how much are the teams just trying to protect them from re-injuring them? Where's the line for injuries? So I had a, a little comparison, just kind of wonder. So I don't really have... Um, a very, I have a very low tolerance for the injured reserve list in the MLB. And thanks to, and that is thanks to my grandfather, who, ha- when he was alive, um, had a handicapped parking pass that he would swing out of his, um, the, his side door and just flip it right up on the, the uh, rear view mirror. 
And I remember driving with him one day and I w it was just me and him. It was like right when I got to be old enough to sit in the front seat, you know? Um, and the thing is, he whipped that he we whip right into target and get one of those front row spots and he flips he puts on that handicap parking pass and i swear just the most energetic cops out of the out of the car and kind of brisk walks right into uh target and i'm kind of going with him like grandpa why do you have that handicap pass and like like because he's more energetic than like probably 50 percent of people just running around and, like, and he's kind of speechless to it <laughs> because he just doesn't i knew he did not need that handicap place like we could have parked half a mile away and he could have jogged in so i wonder like what is it with the the, the ir and lb is it like a handicap parking spot or parking pass where kind of anybody can get one or is it um like how how much value do that the ML does the MLB actually put on, the, or the, I guess the different teams put on the IR because I feel like some guys just kind of hang out there and they they wanted to get them ready fast, but you have to be careful about bringing them back too early. So, do you have anything to add on that, Tommy? Or you yeah, good yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I mean, it's definitely definitely works for that. And I, you know what? It's tough. There's no real governing the MLB doesn't really seem like they're like cracking down on the actual degree of injury for people they're putting. And you see people all the time who are, you're like, Oh, well this pitcher has gone like five straight outings and not made it through the fifth inning. And they're like a solid number one or two um, and a good pitcher in the league. And they go five outings in a row with without making it like into or through the fifth. And all of a sudden you see, oh, 10, 10, 15 day DL or IL now, you know? And it's one of those things where, oh my gosh, I think that it's just an excuse for like, oh, oh struggling a little bit. Let's get him a little bit more time. It seems like it's a loose term at this point. So, Kind of a lot of loopholes there. I agree with you. Yeah, it's a tough one. That that was a good memory I had of my grandfather. But um, it just kind of shows you the type of guy he was. <laughs> <laughs> but RIP. But that brings me to another story. So I, I uh, about my grandfather, in fact. So I've been thinking about it just so much recently that with the deals that for Acuna and for Ozzy Albies, right? So just an absolute steal of a deal for the Braves. And we've talked about that on previous podcasts, but it reminds me of a time where I was with my grandpa. It was just me and him. And he was, uh, we were buying fireworks together and we, he like, we had like a cart. We we're out in the stand, just filling this thing up with fireworks. And in this story, my, my grandpa is the Braves and the fireworks are Acuna and Ozzy Albies. So, my grandpa just is throwing in everything X, Y, and Z into the cart. And I'm like throwing in all these bumblebees and the different um, fireworks that little kids play with. I was probably like 11 or 12 at this point. I guess I wasn't too little at this time, but just every firework that like sizzles, the slizzers, everything, the, everything on the, under the moon. My grandpa was just like, just throw it in there. Like we're going to have a great freaking 4th of July. We're going to cook some barbecue, you know? So 
I get um, we fill up this cart and they he brings it up, and my grandpa goes after they give him the number. He's like, it's gonna be two hundred eighty dollars, and I'm like, holy smokes, that's a lot to like fork out. I know a lot of people spend a lot of money on parks, and my grandpa goes, do you guys have a um, military discount? <laughs> and he's like, they're like, yeah, it's twenty percent off, and he's like, all right. Um, and Tommy, what's it called if you're a like 75 or older or what or 65 or older a senior a senior citizen and so he, he gets the military discount and <laughs> and then he gets the um senior citizen discount which is another 15 percent on top of on each top other of and then they give him the number is like okay now you're sitting at uh like a a uh 175 dollars something like that and i'm like holy crap my grandpa is just whittling them down and then even after that they give him the number 175 he's like these ones kind of look like they've been beat up a little bit and so he <laughs> gets half off of those ones and he gets out of there paying a hundred bucks for 280 dollars worth of fireworks and then i like kind of think to myself i was like and i i never actually asked him but i'm pretty sure he was never in the military oh <laughs> yeah so poor, poor old grandpa but at the at the same time, like, that's what the Braves did in this deal. They got the biggest deal of a lifetime. And you can convert the chump change $270 down to 100 To Really, that's what I think that um, you should be paying over the course of maybe eight or seven years. You should be forking out around $270 million for these two just soon-to-be breakout stars. And they're paying about $100 million for them. So very, very good job by the Braves and even a better job by my grandfather buying me fireworks. And with that being said, I, that is a great story. I will say this podcast does not the, condone the act of lying about being a veteran, but, <laughs> but that is a great comparison in terms of getting deals. So wanted to make that, that distinction there that don't condone it. That is a great example though. I, I think you nailed it right on the head. The the Braves, the Braves veteran and senior citizen, Ozzy Albies and Acuna. Yeah. And that concludes um, story time with Manny. But however, we are not done yet. Tommy, we are on to our power ranking. Oh, all right, Manson. You want to tell them what the power rankings are for this podcast? The rankings are the different types of words you use to describe how big, uh, I mean, how big you are, right? Is That's that correct. We, we would say classify this as a power rankings for big guys. So the way I look at it is like, it's most teams have that one guy like a Joey Gallo or an Aaron Judge or um, I guess the Yankees have a Stanton as well, where you're kind of just like, holy crap, this guy is huge. And like, just, he doesn't even have to swing that hard and he can pop it right out of the ballpark and just kind of flexes the bat. Every movie has it. And how would you describe these guys? And we have a couple different layer or different levels of the word. So Tommy, go ahead and get us started. Okay. Would you like me to go through all five of mine at once? Yes. Okay. So we're going to start. Um, starting from the kind of low end of it. So what I would call someone who is a pretty big person, 
is a hoss, or you may have also heard a big hoss. So very, very popular, either baseball or football term where you're like, come on, big hoss. And very popular known for uh, a good comparison is everyone had that kid on their little league team that was about 4'10", but weighed like a bill and a half. And it was just a chunky kid that was eventually going to grow into their body. But that's a, that's a big hoss right there. Everyone, you know, one, when you see one (laughs) going on, going on to number two is a tank. So this is when we're starting to get a little bit older here. Uh, We got like middle school, (laughs) high school, and we've got a tank. And this is like, if this guy is coming, you're playing a game of pickup basketball and he's coming down the lane, you're not even taking a charge on him. You're just Olay defense on it. So (laughs) tank at number two, number three is a moose and moose is just, Oh man. Moose is one of those guys where maybe they don't look super big, but you're like, like you make if you make any contact or you bump into them, you were like, wow, that is a thick person. <laughs> and usually there is a lot of power and weight behind mooses. And so moose at number three for number four, kind of same thing as Haas and big Haas. There's two different alterations of it is unit or ab- absolute unit. <laughs> and and a good example when it comes to me for an absolute unit is Fran Mill Reyes of the Padres. Like that guy's probably never going to hit over 250 in his career, but he swings the bat around like it's a little toy. It's basically like a like a giveaway bat you see at those at basically any baseball game you go to, little figurine things and he just whips it around. It looks like a little stick in his hand. So absolute unit and number 4. And my favorite, everyone, same thing as a big hoss. Everyone knows this person when you see it is big country. And <laughs> this is just someone where it's like, I, I don't want to stereotype them too much, but you're like, there. a lot of times there's not a whole lot going on in their head. A lot of times, very nice, very nice people. Big country is always a, a kind of a gentle giant. But when he gets steps in between those lines, oh my goodness, he's going to be the first one to pick you up like you're a little toy soldier after you do something good. And those people just do not know their own strength. You got to love a big country when you see one. Yeah, a big when you say big country and describe them, I kind of think of uh, what's the book Mice and Men. Yes, yes, Lenny, Lenny from Mice and Men. That's what I think of when I. Think that is a country. that is a classic big country, and and for anyone who's familiar with our area, neck of the woods is uh, there were some big countries raised in battleground Washington, so that I would say that was I definitely remember seeing some there. But yeah, a big country is always a good one. I'm going to toss it over to you now. Yeah, I, I'm really just, I mean, you hit a lot of them on the head, but I want to go into just describing an absolute unit. So the difference okay. between an absolute unit and a unit is it's pretty big and important to note. Um, absolute unit would be like a Prince or Cecil Fielder, right? Just yes. Cecil Fielder, if you've ever watched him, he's a little older. Um, I watched a home run that he hit out of Tiger Stadium 
and it, he just didn't look like he hit for average. He just swung the bat as hard as he could every single time, and they was just admiring. Um, but he would be an absolute unit. Another absolute unit is if you've ever seen the Green Mile. Am I? Am I? Have, have you ever seen that one, Tommy? I have. Yes. They have the Green Mile. Um, it's an older movie with Tom Hanks, but the the one um, prisoner they had that they took in who was just an incredibly talented young man. Um, that would be an absolute unit, right? Just yes, <laughs> absolute unit. Yeah, not even a big country. Uh, you might you might call him a tank, but he's a step above a tank. Um, closer to our Hercules or a moose um, in real life. So, wow. Those are some really good adjectives, Tommy. And I think you hit a lot of them right on the head. Um, one more, a hoss is going to be um, Bartolo Colon. Just kind of a, a bowling ball out there where you, you're going to get your two seam and slow changeups. And that's, that's a hoss. Not necessarily a big, strong guy. He used to be a lot stronger, but now he just kind of uses that, kind of flubber just to get that ball right where he wants it is <laughs> but that concludes i mean our podcast really we have our everything we need today Tommy, is there anything you need or just dying to add before we, um play what is my favorite song right now no you know what i'm gonna just quickly add this but i want to get to this song real quickly is we'll get to the bottom of this Irvin Santana case for you. And then as I, as we teased the last time, be on the lookout because the, the next chapter of the calls for, for a best announcer calls coming up pretty soon here. Also going to be live, live tweeting through day four Sunday at the masters. So tweet at the daily double four, with your takes and anything that you, stands out to you, I cannot wait. A tradition like none other, the Masters. <laughs> and another thing I'm looking forward to is next week we're going to have a special guest. It's still a secret, but um, it's going to be a really fun week of podcasts, and I'm really expecting to take a lead for Picks to Click. So that concludes the Daily Double for today, and take a listen to my favorite song. <laughs>